Welcome to CareerPod, your Audible Career Fair podcast. I'm your host, Dana Francis. This week on the show, we explore the career path of being an air traffic controller. Air Canada 123, identify, turn left, direct Riley, climb flight level 210. Speaker, philanthropist, air traffic controller, there is no doubt the Global Woman of Vision Award winner Kendra Kincaid is a true inspiration. A beautiful reminder to us all that it is possible to intentionally change your life and live your dreams. Overcoming a decidedly challenging early life which left her dejected and disillusioned, a single mother raising four children, Kendra discovered quite by accident that the pathway to her own salvation lay in helping others find theirs. She enthusiastically embarked upon her quest to make a difference, fundraising for worthwhile organizations, even climbing Mount Kilimanjaro to raise money for a local hospital. Soon, she was heading up her own nonprofit organization, changing stories, and choosing her own projects, such as the construction of a sports playground in El Salvador. Her longtime career as an air traffic controller opened up more horizons for the aspiring young woman, literally as well as figuratively, when Kendra, recognizing the negligible female presence in the industry, set out to remedy the situation. Now the founder and board chairman of Elevate Aviation, a venture dedicated to uniting and empowering women in aviation, she is passionate about providing opportunities for women of all ages to attain knowledge and training in all its related professions. Kendra Kincaid is proof positive that when you direct your energy towards your goals, you can make miracles happen. You just have to imagine it and go after it. As she would assure you, you can elevate your life. I know a lot of people think that being an air traffic controller is a very stressful job. So let's jump straight into our conversation with Kendra and get some answers. Where is this misconception coming from that you have a very stressful career? Well, it is stressful. Like there are definitely times where it's stressful. Like every job has moments of stress. But uh, I think that the movie Pushing Tin did not really help that. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's uh, It really created the pulling your hair out um, idea. But um, really, when you train, the, the training is really stressful because you're being pushed further and further every day to get you up to the level that you need to be to qualify as an air traffic controller. And uh, so that's really stressful. But once you make it, once you get your license and you're working on your own as you, as an air traffic controller, then you're, you're kind of built up and capable of handling that kind of stress so that you, you don't really feel that anymore. It's no different than any skill that you learn. You know, it's difficult to learn the skill and once you have this skill, it's not as stressful anymore. So this has traditionally been a male-dominated field. Can you tell us a little bit about the past and how it was and where things are going for the future? Well, I just recently interviewed the first female air traffic controller who was in the Edmonton Centre about 25 years ago, 26 years ago, she started. And I just interviewed her and it was fascinating to listen to her story because she was the first female in that building. And there were people who did not want her in there. Um, she told me that when she qualified, there was a couple of people who wrote letters that said, if this lady qualifies, we don't want to work here and that they wouldn't work with her. So she went through like tremendous change and had incredible courage 
but she just like she described, she just followed her dreams and that's what she wanted to do. So um, thankfully for her, she was a trailblazer and paved the way for other women to come through. And now our center is a, a fabulous place for women to work. There's there really is. Um, it's not uncomfortable. It's it's a really good environment for women to work in. And I think I think it's just a, a matter of women are just slowly starting to look at it like daughters are now coming up you know of people who work there and and they're going hmm, I can do that too and I know that with Elevate we've brought in we've brought in probably over close to 200 people all women now through the center uh, we're really getting out there we're going to the schools we're doing an Elevate Aviation cross-country tour this year we're doing nine cities and next year we're going to jump it up to 20 cities. Last year we did four and we hit high schools and junior high and anyone older than that that wants to come in. And we do speakers in the morning and then we have lunch. And then in the afternoon, we take them on a tour. We'll go to the air traffic control center where there is some. We'll go to the tower. Uh, we'll let them visit an, an airplane. And we really just try to just make it seem normal that to see a woman in this industry. And I think, I think the more we see that image of a woman in the industry, the more women will just start thinking, oh, maybe I could do that. One of the reasons that I became an air traffic controller, I mean, the, the number one reason is when I, when I was in Moncton, someone gave me a tour and I walked in, you can tour, you can hear the East coast tour. <laughs> I get made fun of all the time for it. Um, but when I was living in Moncton, I walked in there and went for a tour and I walked through those doors and I didn't even know what was going on yet. But when I walked through those doors, something hit me and I went, this is what I want to do with my life. This is it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm, I'm going to do this. And then I moved to Edmonton and I finally got accepted to go. And you had a train in Cornwall, Ontario. And at that time I had four children. My youngest was still under one. And I was told that I was accepted on this course. So I packed up my four kids and I drove to Cornwall, Ontario, and my baby turned one while I was on course. And I was determined to get this. Like I, something in me just knew that I wanted this. And I was also very determined, even though I was married at that time, not happily, but I was married at that time. I always knew that I needed to be independent. I needed to be, I needed to be able to take care of myself. And it just, it was always in me. I think it was because when my parents got divorced, my mom had to go back to school and I, that really affected me. And I thought, I never want to be in that position where I get married and my husband leaves and now I don't know what to do with myself. Mm -hmm. So that's just my own personal feelings towards it all. So could you explain to us what an air traffic controller does? Like what would a day at work look like for you? Well, there's different air traffic controllers. So there's the air traffic controllers that work in the tower and they have different functions there. They have uh, ground and delivery. Then there's air traffic controllers that work in a center, and that's where I work. So I work in the center. There's 5.5 million square miles of airspace that's worked out of the Edmonton Center, and it's out at the Edmonton International Airport. And basically, I sit in front of a radar screen, and on my radar screen, I look at all the aircraft. I can see their names, their ident. I can see their speed, how high they are, and how fast they're climbing or descending. And it's my job to make sure that these aircraft get from the point of departure 
to their point of destination safely. And there's a very unique work structure too that I remember when I went for a tour, it was actually on one of your breaks and I was surprised that you had that much spare time in between shifts. Like you were saying before that you would work like an hour on, an hour off. Can you explain that a little to people that are maybe not familiar? Yeah, normally we work about an hour max. Now, some people work an hour and a half, but for for me, my norm is I'll work an hour on and then we have a break. We have about a half hour or an hour break. And the reason we do that is because if you picture doing a math test, let's say, or reading intently or some, you're doing something intently that needs your concentration, after an hour, you, you kind of have to take a bit of a break and even if you're not busy, if it's if it's an hour that's not busy, you still need to take a break because you can lose your attention span when it's not mm-hmm. busy, right? You can get distracted easier. So about an hour at the radar screen is a good length of time. And then you get a break, you go out, you do whatever you want to do. You go to the gym, you go read, you go get your groceries, whatever you want to do. And then you come back and you work your other hour and, and that goes out throughout the day. And that that changes a little bit depending on the traffic. If it's really heavy traffic, you'll work an hour, have a half hour off, come back, work an hour. So it all depends on the traffic level. But yeah, we don't we don't sit in front of the radar screen for a full eight hour shift. I think anybody in a plane probably appreciates that they are taking those safety precautions because obviously you don't want to have someone tired. No. And safety is the number one thing for Nav Canada. Like safety is forefront of everything we do once you're qualified like if you wanted to travel with this job if you wanted to go to another city is it is there possibilities for transfers yes there's definitely possibilities for transfers you can transfer um, you can put in a transfer wherever you want in Canada Um, and I know that there's been people that transfer internationally that come into Canada or leave Canada and go internationally Um, and speaking of travel our schedule is incredible. So when you qualify as an air traffic controller, we we just seem to get an incredible amount of time off. And the number one question we ask each other when we're working is, where are you going next? Yeah, actually, you just came back from Nicaragua, correct? Mm-hmm, I did, yeah. Could you tell us just a little bit about that trip and what you were doing there? Sure. Um, started an organization with my daughter called Changing Stories. And we take a team of people uh, to another country and do a project. So our first year was El Salvador and this is our second year in Nicaragua. And we go down and we build a schoolhouse. Uh, this year we built a school room for kindergarten and we just take them down. And the thing that I like to see the most is that the change that happens in the people that go with us. Like we go down, we help, we get involved in the community, we make friends with the people in the community. It's a, you know, we leave and we've left a a nice project there. But the thing that I love the most is the feedback I hear from the people who go down and say that this has changed their lives. And it's given them courage to find out what else they want to do in their life. When I'm there, I feel like time has stopped. Like I feel like there's no pressure and I'm just walking down these small streets and I'm just looking around and the smells and the colors and back here in Canada, there seems to be a a lot of pressure to, to get things done and to be a certain way or whatever it is. Everyone has their own pressures, but when we go there, time just stops. And our only job is to uh, shovel cement and shovel rocks and pick up bricks 
and just build this project with these locals that are just so grateful that we're there and they give more to us than we give to them. So education wise, what does one need to get into this profession? To become an air traffic controller, you need high school education. And there's, there's people in there with university degrees. There's people right out of high school. There's a wide range of people who become air traffic controllers. Is there a retirement age that's enforced? No, there's not a retirement age in Canada. There is in the United States. So how would you go about becoming an air traffic controller? Like if this was something I was interested in, what would be the steps I could take to enter this field? Well, the first thing that you can do is go on to the NAV Canada website, navcanada.ca, and that gives you a lot of information about air traffic control and what it's all about. It tells you what locations air traffic controllers work across Canada. And so you would go onto that website and you'd read through that website. From there, you can apply online and there's an online test. When you pass that online test, you start the like the process of becoming an air traffic controller. There's like another test you do and then there's an interview. And then if you pass all that, if you're successful, you can be offered an air traffic control course. The other thing you can do is contact us at Elevate Aviation. We provide mentoring and information to become an air traffic controller. So we will bring you in for an hour and a half tour to two hours and kind of like we did with you. So we'd walk you through the building and show you the simulator, tell you uh, a little more in depth of how you go through these steps to become an air traffic controller. We'll let you plug in with an air traffic controller for an hour and watch them work. And then from there, you really get a good sense of would this job be for me? It's kind of like a try before you buy. You get to try it out before you dive in. And so we really like to offer that because there's so many people out there. And for us, we really focus on women, although we don't turn any men away, but we focus on women. And because we just want to bring awareness to this career, because as you know, this is a this is a big secret, this job. Like most people don't know what this is. So we're there to help people through the process as much as we can um, to become an air traffic controller. It's funny because now whenever I go to a retail store or something, I find myself chatting with random strangers. Like, have you ever heard of this career? Like, I it, it never crossed my radar in high school whatsoever. So when you talk about this test, like what kind of skills is, I mean, is, are there math skills, physics? Like what would one need to prepare to actually take this test? Yeah, I think it's, um, so you go online and it's, it's basically an IQ test. And you do that. And then if you pass that stage, you're invited to a full day testing session, uh, which is more like IQ type things like, you know, the box is flat. What's it look like? You know, things like that. And um, and then from there, it's an interview. And then if you pass that, you go on a wait list. And then your next step would be if you're successful, your next step is to be invited on a course and you start a basic course. That basic course is about four months. And then from there, you go into a specialty course. So when you were in my workplace, you saw that I worked in Edmonton Terminal. In Edmonton, we have seven different specialties like that. So from that basic course, you would go into one of those specialties. And then it's different timing for all specialty. But basically, it takes about a year and a half from start to finish to become an air traffic controller and get your own license. And I know you were telling me before that it's actually paid training as well, which is pretty phenomenal. (laughs) It is paid training. You start off, 
at thirty to forty-five thousand dollars for the training, and that's just enough to to help you through. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people that's great, and other people they take a real risk leaving higher paying jobs to come in and that's not a lot of money, but it's enough to enough to help them pay some rent, get some groceries, get them through that training process. And then if they're successful and they get their air traffic control license, they have a whole new life that is mm-hmm. wonderful. So income wise, say just graduating from the program versus someone that's been in the career for five years, what kind of income diversity do you have in there? It depends what you go into and it depends what city. Um, so if you work in a tower, you might get paid different than if you work in a center. Uh, if you work in Edmonton Center, it might be a little different than if you work in Toronto or Moncton. Um, but for us, when you qualify, I know there was someone who just qualified this year, this past year. And with overtime, they've worked and they've made about $140,000 in the oh, first wow. year. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and what it really does, like what we're trying to push is to let women know about this career, because right now we're sitting at 15% females in the air traffic control industry in Canada. And we just want more women to know about this. And I especially am passionate about letting women know about this because it really is a career that can create economic security for women because even in the aviation industry, a lot of the women still go into the lower paying jobs and we're trying to let them know and bring awareness to show them you don't have to do that. There are other jobs out there. There are other jobs that are well-paying jobs that are wonderful for women. They're wonderful for family life mm-hmm. and they're there and available and you just you just got to go after it if you want it. We've been chatting a lot about Elevate Aviation, and I kind of feel like we're doing a disservice to the listeners right now because we haven't actually told them what Elevate Aviation is and what you do. Well, Elevate Aviation is a nonprofit organization that started to help bring awareness to women about careers in aviation, whether that's pilots or air traffic controllers, aerospace engineers, whatever it is in aviation. The stats of women in the industry are still really low. 15% of air traffic controllers are female, and that's high. We have, we're still 5% pilots, 5 and 6%, depending if it's commercial or private pilot license. Uh, less than 2% are aircraft mechanics. Aircraft mechanic engineers, when I talk to these women who are in these jobs, they love them. Like, but people just don't think about, women don't think about going into these jobs. So Elevate Aviation was started to help bring awareness and it has grown to providing mentorship. If anybody wants help in the aviation industry, we will hook you up with someone who is already there. If you want to be an aerospace engineer, we will hook you up with an aerospace engineer to be your mentor, to talk, to answer questions, to take you on a tour. Um, So that's what it's set up to do. We do bursaries and, um, just really trying to bring some awareness and hope that some of these women will start looking at aviation as a career. We're facing one of the biggest shortages, especially pilot shortages, and men alone aren't filling these jobs. So even with more women coming into the industry, it's going to help the industry too. So that's another reason we really want to try to tell women about these jobs. So are there any, like we were talking about income wise, obviously it's very healthy, but are there drawbacks like, is there a good work-life balance? I know you were saying you could go for vacations and... I would say the drawbacks to being an air traffic controller, shift work, if you don't like shift work. Some people think that's a major plus. So it just depends on if you like shift work or not. 
So it's for me, I don't really like shift work, but then again, you know, if, if my kids are all grown up now, but I raised my kids being an air traffic controller and it was wonderful because I could trade shifts. You know, if there's a Christmas concert coming up, you trade shifts or, you know, so it works really well with your life, but some people don't like it. Some people find it really hard. So that could be considered a drawback. The other thing is um, definitely the training. The training is very stressful and some people don't make it through the training. And so that is a definite drawback. If you put your time and effort into training and you don't make it, but I would hate for that to be a reason for anyone not to try because you have to, you know, you can't think of those things when you're, mm-hmm. when you're trying to change your life. Um, there's not many negative things that I can think <laughs> of about my career. Like I, I spent all my time promoting it because I, I love my career. I love the people I work with. It's, we, we have a small group in Edmonton terminal, about 18 people and they're all really wonderful people. So it's, it's a good work environment. The company offers good benefits so there's, it's really hard for me to come up with some drawbacks on it. When you were a kid, was this the career path you had envisioned for yourself? Is this what you thought you were going to be when you grew mm, up? <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. When I was younger, I now refer to my younger self as a reactor. I reacted to life. So I did not dream about what I wanted to be when I grew up. I didn't think about what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was just busy reacting to life. I actually ran away when I was 13 and I lived on the streets for a while before being sent into foster care unwillingly. And I lived in the foster care system for a little bit. So I really did not have intentional living or those dreams of what I want to be when I grow up. I was just, just reacting to life. Total opposite to how I live now, but that's, that's what it was for me. If someone wanted to learn more about careers in aviation, where where out on the internet world can they find you and more information? Well, they can find us at elevateaviation.ca. If they want to email us, it's info at elevateaviation. And you can contact us, ask us some questions, and we will put you in the right area that you want to go. We'll point you in the right direction. We'll set you up with someone who's in that industry. And we'll do whatever we can to make you successful in this industry. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. And I know you have a very hectic schedule being a Wonder Woman of multitasking, a mother, grandmother. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you so much for having me. Elevate Aviation is such a wonderful resource for anyone considering a career path in the aviation field. I will for sure be linking to all of their online resources. I think my favorite is their YouTube channel because it takes a more in-depth look into some of the women working in this field. I feel like you should all just be pounding on Nav Canada's door because being an air traffic controller sounds like such an amazing career. Are there any more careers in aviation you might want to learn more about? Let us know. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search CareerPod. Thank you so much for joining us today. Till we meet again, stay passionately curious.